Joaquin got very tense. You could feel the intensity coming from him when he had the Joker makeup on. And we were ready to take it off. He kind of didn't want to take it off. He was mourning to lose that character. Clowns have been around for as long as you can remember. Have you ever wondered what kind of person is behind all the makeup? Maybe you've even wondered why on earth someone would want to be a clown. Well, in this podcast, join your hosts, Jeremy Cohen and Lee Andrews, as they take a journey behind the red nose. Hello, gang. Welcome to this edition of Behind the Red Nose. I'm Jeremy, also known as Crispy. And I am Lee, also known as Louie. This time, we are honored to have Nikki Laterman. She's a five-time Emmy nominee for TV shows that include Sex in the City and also Martin Scorsese's HBO series, Vinyl. She won an Emmy for her makeup design on Boardwalk Empire, and she's also been nominated for a BAFTA and received a Hollywood Guild Award. Recently, she worked on The Greatest Showman, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, which was an amazing movie, by the way, and, of course, Todd Phillips' Joker, for which she has now been nominated for an Oscar. We are so excited to have you with us. So everybody strap in, keep your arms inside the vehicle at all times, and welcome Mickey Lederman! Yay! Thank you so much for being here. Really. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Definitely. It's an honor to have you on the show. How do you find out that you're nominated for an award like an Oscar? Is it something that you get a... A call, a letter, or are you sitting by the TV? Well, it was kind of nerve-wracking, to be honest. I was in L.A. for the Guild Awards and for the Critics' Choice Awards, and actually I won the Guild Awards, which was so exciting, on Saturday. And my team was with me, and we were so excited, and then we just went to bed on Sunday, and we're like, we just slept right through it. But we did wake up because my phone kept dinging. It was like ding, 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 you know, and... I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? What is going on? Because I was so sleepy, I forgot. And then I looked at my phone and then I'm like, congratulations. And I'm like, for what? Congratulations, what's going on? And then everybody, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you got nominated. This is so cool. You know, and that's how I found out hanging out in the hotel rooms with my best friends who also worked with me that we were nominated. It was super exciting and kind of like, yeah, overwhelming at the same time. And actually almost a little feeling of a little sick in the stomach, you know, a little nauseous almost, you know, it was really weird. It's, it was just so overwhelming in a way. Well, it's definitely well-deserved. Thank so you. you did a, a, an amazing job. How does it feel when you win something like an Emmy? For me, to be honest, when I, when I won the Emmy, I wasn't really so happy for myself, but I was more happy for my team because I felt like, oh, thank God I didn't let my team down. More that kind of a feeling. So th- that, what got me, that made me really happy that, you know, I could like take my team and bring us up and kind of doing it for them and not letting them down as their leader was like the best feeling about the whole thing. That's right. And then did you prepare a speech at a time? Was it one of those things that you, your mind goes blank the minute it's announced it is crazy because you know we're just the behind the scenes people and for the emmy i didn't prepare a speech because quite frankly i didn't expect to win so you just go up there and and say thank you with like this really shaky voice and um you know and just hope your best and in, in fact when i won the emmy uh my feet were killing me i actually had to take off my shoes and have my shoes in my hands when i accepted the emmy because i it was just all too much and i couldn't deal with it it was funny but you know you try to make the best out of it and you try to be funny at least to kind of take the 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 weirdness and the and the intensity out that you feel at the moment as you guys know humor can solve 
pretty much everything. So definitely. Okay. This is amazing. This current time, but let's let's reel it back just a little bit. So how does one become a, a makeup artist? What 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 was your beginning and how did you transition to this and 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 that sort of thing? So how does that happen? Well, I always loved makeup and actually when I when I was 14 I saw The Exorcist by mistake actually I was hanging out with my friends and they were like so excited they snuck the movie they got a hold of the movie and they watched it and nobody I mean nobody was allowed to see it back then it was when it just first came out and you know and I was like oh my god how did they do that how did they do that I want to do that you know and I was in a I was at a performing arts high school um in Germany because that's where I'm from and you and I was I was a music major, but also an art major. And even though I thought I would become a musician, and actually went also to um, music conservatory, and I'm an official music school dropout, um, I really kind of always had in my heart, and I knew that I wanted to do makeup for movies when I was, you know, a young teenager. That was always a passion of mine. And then, you know, I moved to New York because I felt it's easier to pursue makeup artistry for film in the United States and started off with NYU film students. I would do their makeup for free for their thesis films. And then I I went along with them once they got out of school to do like really, really um, small indie movies. And I, I, I got lucky, you know, I, I truly got lucky. Okay. Then let's fast forward. Is it like a competition to become a makeup artist for, let's say, a movie for the Joker. So they reach out to various people, and or do they come specifically to you? Because, like you said, those previous projects, what's it like? Yeah, it truly works differently for every project. You know, sometimes you have a production or a studio. I'll go through a bunch of names that they collect of like contenders for the job and sometimes you get hired on the spot because the director wants you because the director has worked with you before or the producer has worked with you before um and in joker's case todd the director i never worked with him before he never met me before to him i was sort of like the must hire which was very funny um it's not so bad to be in that position though right yeah it's not bad yes it's not bad at all do you still get nervous though i mean even though you've done this like of course, every every job brings a new challenge. Every job is nerve wracking because you want to do a great job and you learn from every job too. It's not that you think like, oh, I've done it all. I know it all. It's never like that. You always learn. So take us through the process then of coming up with the Joker character. I mean, how much freedom did you have in the design when you first started? Sure. So when when I we met Todd for the first time after we were hired already, um, he he showed us a mock-up of the design that he and Joaquin came up with that they wanted to go, like they were inspired by that and they wanted to take that design and translate it into the design for the movie. And what was really, again, very special about it that, you know, we worked very closely with production design, with the costume design, with the cinematography, because we wanted to make sure that colors, textures, the mood, you know, all kind of works together because it's really important when you want to do a realistic movie that, you know, it needs to look like it's all coming from one source and not from like five or six different departments because if you feel like it's not really in sync, then you, you don't buy it. Then it doesn't feel realistic anymore. Then it feels artificial and it kind of takes you away from the story a little bit. So in this case, it was really incredible. And also, as you guys all know, 
to come up with a design that's not copywritten is really difficult because every clown makeup that I've seen, I mean, I have books and you know them all, right? They all are <laughs> copywritten. So you can, we were not allowed to use anything that was already put out there because of the copyright, because, you know, the studio said we can't use it because we can't get sued. You know, we have to come up with something unique. It, it can maybe reminisce or in some ways resemble, but it can't be the same. It has to be different. And that was really hard to do. But, you know, luckily we came up with, because the design is so simple that it's kind of more reminiscing of all kinds of clowns. And yet because of maybe colors and the, the placement of the features is a little different. So we kind of managed to come up with something that is now copywritten by us. So in terms of your specific inspiration, I mean, obviously there are a lot of different clowns out there because there are clowns that are gonna be listening to this that um, may know the folks that inspired you in terms of your research? Are there particular clowns from the past that you looked at and you said, hey, I want to think about an, like an element from this person or that person? I mean, I always loved the old classic Italian clowns. Not so much the Piero, although the Piero was kind of cool with the tear thing. Right. Kind of recreated a little bit in, in the movie, which was actually totally improvised. That just happened on its own, which was really awesome. Um, but yeah, no, it's like the the Italian theater clowns, you know, because I wanted to make sure that it feels nostalgic, you know, nothing too modern. I, it was really important to me that it was nostalgic to kind of convey a timelessness of the clown. And also I didn't want the clown to feel threatening because the working clown look that, you know, Joaquin played, his job is to, you know, be a clown for hire. It, I wanted to make sure that that clown doesn't seem too scary because I know a lot of people are already scared of clowns. I wanted him, I wanted to make sure that he looks, you know, somewhere on like the classic clown on more on the innocent side, but yet, you know, fitting into the environment. So yeah, that was, that the inspiration was all like nostalgia, basically. Yeah, because it's interesting looking at the blue diamonds and the red eyebrows. Was that was there a particular reason why you chose those? Well, it was really funny because you know in the mock-up that Todd and Joaquin came up with, they had the red eyebrows on, and then when we started shooting the very first scene as Joker, Todd was kind of worrying a little bit, like, oh my God, was it a mistake to have those red eyebrows? And I'm like, no, 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 no. He needed the red eyebrows. He needed it because the whole smeared look that Joker turns into his clown makeup, if he wouldn't have had the eyebrows, he would have kind of resembled too much the Heath Ledger Joker that was totally smeared and weird and didn't have any eyebrows. And I felt like, oh, it's so important to have the eyebrows there because eyebrows also, as we all know, kind of accentuates the mood. You know, it accentuates what you're feeling at the moment. It's so ex it's such an expressive feature on the face that I it, it was really important that he would have those eyebrows to match the lips as a you know contrast. The smile going up, the eyebrows going down was kind of like framing the face really nicely as a design. Did you sit down and look at past jokers? Did you just try to kind of put that aside because everybody's kind of looking at the past, whether it's Cesar Romero all the way through. Yeah, I mean, I looked at all of them and all I could think of what, you know, when I, I what, what, whatever we do, we can't make him look like them. So, you know, I kind of looked at them, but I didn't look too hard because I didn't want to have 
by staring at the image to not re replicate it. Sometimes when you stare at something too long, that's all you have in your head and you can't veer away from it, you know? So, so we did have to look at all of them because I had to make sure that we don't rese resemble anything too much. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's clowns. I have like, so I have books, so many books about clowns and, you know, actually the clowns that I also really had fun looking at was the uh, interpretation of Cindy Sherman's clowns. Hey. She had yeah. a couple of really cool clown faces there. I mean, they were all a little bit too scary and too, maybe complicated but they were like fantastic they were like so oddly weird and creepy and like like uh, grotesque almost and I really loved I loved that feeling and I wanted to kind of bring a little bit of that feeling to Joker even though I knew I had to keep it very 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 simple and kind of married to the working Joker look but in my mind the Cindy Sherman clowns were kind of like in, in, in my mood when I was trying to figure out the placements for, for, for the Joker clown. Now that you said that, that totally makes sense. Oh, like, good. Yeah, that, that, okay, I get it. So, all right, we're, we're in filming stages. The first day with Joaquin, what was it like putting the makeup on for the first time? Well, the first time we actually put the makeup on before we started filming because we had to kind of practice a little bit and figure out, you know, the all colors. But then the first time we did him as the Joker, was, you know, Joaquin is an intense person to begin with, and he's also um, very shy, and he doesn't like the attention, he doesn't like to be wrangled, he doesn't like to be touched, he also can't sit still for a long time, so that was a little bit of a challenge getting the makeup on him, but it was kind of great because that forced me to kind of like really know what I'm doing and not doing it perfect but letting it all happen organically which was really really great for the look and what was actually really interesting now that I think about it when we started off with Joker it was like Joaquin got very tense you know he's a he, when you play a character that goes through such intense psychology you know for his character you know you can't help but method act I mean how else would you get through the job you know mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I, it was all very tense and, and, and he felt, you know, you could feel the intensity coming from him when he had the Joker makeup on, but towards the end, when we started finished shooting the last day, we had the Joker makeup on him and, and we, we, we were ready to take it off. He kind of didn't want to take it off because he felt so, and when he was the Joker, he came alive because everything else was really depressing. The clown that he was... Hmm you're doing as a as a working clown was depressing because everybody picked on him he got beaten up arthur fleck gets beaten up nobody gives a damn about him everybody is like you know he you know this abused person that's never happy you know who's it's just so dark but when he became joker it was sort of like a liberation and it, it it really like he embodied that and when we wanted to take off the makeup he kind of like oh no I don't want to take it off I, it's like you know he, he was mourning to lose that character that makeup because the makeup really made him feel that liberation which was really cool well that's interesting you say that because uh, clowns who are working clowns whether it be circus or whatever they do uh, it's kind of a transition. Like I'm Lee, but when I go into the into the into the makeup process to become the clown that I portray, it's kind of like death of me, rebirth of this character. So 
when Joaquin would come in, was that visible as you, I know it was probably a very quick yeah. makeup time, but yeah. was it visible to see him trans just, just transform into, into Arthur Fleck, into the Joker? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the most, the first time, okay, this is like cool. The first time we put, we did, when we did the camera test before we started shooting, you know, we, we tested um, the, the Arthur look, just him as Arthur, and we tested the clown look, and then we tested the Joker look. And I think Todd actually posted on Instagram the, the camera test. I have it on my Instagram site too, just the camera test from him transitioning from Arthur Fleck into the Joker. And you can see the transformation you know, like they blended in like him as Arthur and then they blended him into the Joker on camera and the expressions in his face, you can, you can literally see it was, it comes oozing out of his face, the transformation of attitude, of personality. It was like night and day. It was incredible from this depressed, like sad, pathetic Arthur Fleck. He became in, he, he, he became sexy in a weird way, you know, like, like, because you could see the confidence, you could see like, you know, this waking up and, and all this energy and all this, like, there's, there, there was so much strength and, but also may, was also manic behind it, but that's what made it so exciting. But it's amazing how you can actually see, you can totally see that transition from normal into Joker within like a few seconds on that little reel. In the beginning stages, Mm -hmm. How many makeup tests and how many different versions were there of the Joker makeup before you guys and, and Joaquin went, okay, that's the one? You know, there was I, actually, in a way, only one version. The only thing that we had to kind of figure out was um, placements and color and, okay. texture and texture. And that was really important because when, when, when we actually shot the movie, there were many times I had to use different products. Um, I had to use water-soluble products, and I had to use waterproof so products. And they all had to look like it's the same makeup um, because of the transitioning in between scenes. Because when you shoot a movie, you don't really shoot in sequence. You shoot one scene one day, and then you go back to another scene another day, and then you come back to that same scene that was already shot two weeks prior, or we haven't shot it at all, and you have to establish it, and you don't really know what the action is going to be. So it's, it's very complicated, and you know we call that continuity. And so... I had to use like all these different products. So I had to make sure that I would play with the products too, to make sure that I can match those products to make it look as if it was the same previous makeup with a different product. So when we kind of figured out where the placement is, we worked on the color and the texture and then matching those That's colors incredible. and textures through different products. Amazing. So uh, you mentioned earlier, just Joaquin is an intense person isn't very touchy-touchy-feely. Yeah. Um, so I would imagine that that makeup time had to be as tight yeah. and as quick as possible. So what was what was the makeup time? Is it, are we talking 10 minutes? Are we talking an hour? What what, what was it like? No, the, the general makeup time for when he's doing the clown, the working clown, was about 15 minutes. When we did Joker, we had to also put a wig on him because it was not his own hair. When he had the green hair, that was a wig. Okay. Um, and we had to double team. Kay, the hair designer, and I had to, we did hair and makeup at the same time. And that took, yeah, that took about between 15 and 20 minutes to do the whole entire look. Wow. Yeah. So, so with both of them in 15, wow, that's incredible. That's, yeah, uh, that was, that's, that's a testament to you guys. That's, a, that's amazing. 
Yeah, and I mean the hard part again was not really so wasn't really so much putting on the makeup. I mean we had to have a concept and and like you know you as a as a painter you want to figure out how you want to paint it. The hard part was really to match it constantly all the time, going from scenes to scenes because it's freehand and it's smeared, and just to match it all the time to that that was the hard part. But you know the 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 initial design was kind of fun. I felt like compared to the other jokers, you know, who are like so technically perfect. I felt like I'm the Jason Pollock of clowns and the, other, and the other guys are like the perfect, perfect technicians that do everything like amazingly perfect with amazing skills. And here I am the crazy person, just like Jason Pollock splattering paint all over the place. I think I read somewhere also because all of the weight that he had dropped, was it that he was weak or couldn't? sit still i mean what was that like it was yeah i mean imagine you're on a diet and you can't eat and you lost already 50 pounds in a veg in a short period of time you get antsy you just can't sit still and you're a little hangry at the same time and you know you're trying not to let it out on other people so you kind of get really fidgety and you run around and you know it's really it's like it's physically really hard on you i couldn't imagine anybody sitting still and letting people like be so intimately in their faces all the time and touching them up because when you work on film you're constantly as an actor you're constantly touched not only by hair but also by makeup by wardrobe by props by everybody and that that just even if you weren't hangry is kind of annoying you know if somebody hangs on your tail all the time and tries to fix something but yeah it was it was very difficult to to I mean as an actor it's kind of part of your job to let people do that but it was really hard for him, you know, and I understand that. And it was a process that he had to go through. And in a way, as difficult as it was, it kind of helped us all at the same time to keep it kind of real, you know. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, maybe we would have done it too perfectly. Who knows? That makes sense. Now, we have a few questions from our listeners. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Fry and Trip Burnett wanted to know, what was it like working with Joaquin every day? Every day was a surprise. Every day was exciting because, you know, we never knew what would happen on the day. Like if we were the Joker, it would be one thing. If he plays Arthur Fleck, it's another thing. I mean, he's a very, very intense person. He's incredibly smart. He's incredibly talented. And, you know, he he was very intense. And I felt more like more like a like a parent than a makeup person to him because I tried to give him the space and the support that he needed at the same time I felt I had to reprimand my favorite child constantly for like can you just sit still can you just let me do this you know it, it was hard but you have to be supportive because you know it is like the performance that he pulled off took a lot out of him and I don't know anybody else but Joaquin Phoenix who could put pulled that off so it was definitely exciting and it was intense and it was not only intense because of him because of the subject matter being on set every day it was intense it was intense and hard it was very fast paced but at the end of the day we were all very proud of our work and and Joaquin's work and the amazing collaboration so it was really cool I remember when he was announced and then when you saw the first teasers for it you were like wow he's the only person that I could see doing that and he just brought something special to the role and unique and he was unlike any other person that's come before him yeah and you really were just captured mesmerized yeah yeah absolutely i mean you know it was written for him because i know that when todd wrote the script he had him in mind for that so that makes sense too you know 
Definitely. Now, we uh, another listener, Maria Stepanian, asked, was Joaquin allergic to any of the components in the makeup? And if so, did, how did you resolve it? Well, you know, Joaquin is a very strict vegan. So even though he is maybe not allergic to things, we had to kind of like try the best to kind of keep everything in a, a very environmentally friendly, animal friendly, you know, products to use on him. He wasn't really allergic to anything except that he couldn't really eat a lot. And that was hard. So, yeah, no, I don't think he was not allergic, but he was very, very conscious of uh, environmental impact on what everybody was using and, and doing on the job. That's awesome. Uh, we had another another gentleman, Tom Ledford, uh, wants to know what kind of products slash brands did you use? Because uh, Tom is a clown. So, you know, mm -hmm. us clowns think Mayron, Ben Nye. We think those kinds of things. But mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't know. That's probably maybe a little bit different than what you use. So what, what kind of products did you use? Well, I did use a little bit of Mayron. I used the Paradise Pancakes for the white because I... I I kind of like the texture of it because if you put it on not too wet, you can get it kind of crackly a little bit, which is cool. But for the most part, I used MAC, the, the cosmetic brand MAC has chroma cake makeup, which is kind of similar to um, the Mehron. And because it was a little creamier, it was easier for me to kind of scrape out colors and mix them. Um, and that's what I used for the water-soluble or water-based makeup. And then for when I needed to uh, make it waterproof or smearproof, um, I used um, a product by um, Sean Richards. She's an English makeup artist out of based out of LA who also makes fantastic uh, makeup brushes. Um, it's called Sean Richards uh, 4K palettes, and she has a couple of palettes that when you you can use it that are very waterproof and when you can either use them with a little um, cream that she makes to thin them out or you can use them directly out of um, the palette and once they're on you have to kind of work fast with them because they dry really quickly but once they're on they're on it's really really great so I used a combination of her um, 4k palettes and the MAC mostly MAC chroma cake water-based uh, cake makeups that's incredible. And I noticed another thing. One of the things that I loved about how the movie was made was the Office of the Working Clowns. Mm -hmm. um, it, in that time period and in that place, that is totally believable that that was how it was. A clown for hire, you would you would mm -hmm. get made up in the same, you know, it's like a clown alley of a circus, but you get made up in the same place. And I love that the working clown, clown nose changed from different day because you know maybe it was shared by the it was just I, I was like okay i get it this is amazing this is this is really cool uh we had another gentleman named jeff hopkins uh he asked how did you plot that evolution from the working clown to the joker well the working clown had we had this one design and it was very important that out of that working clown we kind of get um the the joker makeup because what happens is when he kills those guys on the subway he's wearing his as his uh, working clown and then i guess eyewitnesses must have uh, seen him running away because it was all over the news that it was a clown who killed those subway guys and based on the eyewitnesses who have supposedly seen that clown then that mask that all the protesters was wearing was created so that mask was basically a version of the working clown makeup and then 
Arthur Fleck sees all these clowns and recognizes, oh shit, this is my clown makeup. So out of that makeup, out of the mask makeup then, and his clown makeup, we then, you know, evolved it into the Joker makeup, which is like the same design, but instead of being symmetric, we made it asymmetric, like crooked, like the smile crooked, the eyebrows not even, they're also crooked. And the diamonds, instead of like being the somewhat uh, correct and symmetric diamonds, we made them smeared and, and crooked and uneven. And then that was our Joker makeup. And then because of the action of the movie, you know, we didn't want it to be like perfectly stay put in, as the same makeup. It was really important that in reality, if somebody puts a clown makeup on, it doesn't stay all day like that. It smears after a while. I mean, I know for clowns, it's really hard to figure out a way to keep their clown makeup on perfectly while they're performing. And it's really hard. So imagine being like chased by cops and, and, and running around and sweating and like brushing up against things. Makeup would smear. So it was really important that we had versions of that makeup in a smeared form while running away or after he kills Mary Franklin with a blood splatter or after that in the cop car when he gets even more smeared and then when the car crashes then he's like bloody and smeared and all that stuff. So there was an evolution but it was all based coming from the same overall design. Wow, that's great. And you really do see it and you make a connection to it and like you said with the blood splatter and then when incidents happen, you can see it in the makeup. It's not just clean makeup with a splatter on it. You really feel his journey and his transformation, both as a character and a yeah. clown. I mean, it's really, really incredible. Yeah, and it was really important that that it's or that it looks real. That it's that that what the makeup does has to be real. You know, movie on, in movies, makeup is always perfect, and you know, the ladies wake up with like perfect eyeliner and perfectly coiffed hair and stuff. And this is stuff that takes you out of the story. So it was really, really important that for this movie, that it's real. That whatever happened would happen in real life needs to happen in the movie too. And that was actually harder to recreate than keeping it perfect. You know, just a few more questions for you, Garth Zoller want to know, did you have any issues or phobias about clowns prior to this? And if so, did you resolve them? No, no, I never, I always loved clowns. I remember as a teenager, I loved Puro. I had a huge post of Puro in my room. I always was fascinated with clowns. You know, whenever my parents would take us to the circus a lot and the clowns were always my favorite thing. And I never really understood why people are afraid of clowns, but I guess, I guess I can understand why. But for me personally, I always found them really fascinating and magical because I knew that there was like that 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 was like it was like it wasn't it was a it was a fantasy. Clowns were a fantasy to me, you know. And I knew that there was a, like a different person behind it. But they did, clowns always did such a good job taking that person that who they are themselves away, and then presented like this magical creature that wants to bring joy into the world and make you laugh. I mean, you know, they're scary clowns too, obviously. But you know, I never had a phobia about clowns. Oh, you just put it so beautifully. If I could hug you through the through the microphone, that would be <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, so we got, we got uh, a couple of more. Uh, Zach Johnson wants to know. Before Joker, did you ever create a makeup look for a clown? And he also wanted to know, uh, when Joaquin does his own makeup in the movie, did you guide him through how to do that? So have you ever done a clown makeup before? And did you guide Joaquin? I, I have done clown makeups before, but they were more like for background people on movies. Um you know, like example, like at the Nick, like the TV show Nick, we had like we shot like an like a carnival scene, and you know we had clowns in the Greatest Showman. We had like versions of clowns, you know, 
that we uh, that we I painted clown faces, but also very very old kind of nostalgic clown faces for our acrobats. Like everybody had like some kind of like a clown inspired makeup. Um, but um, yeah, and it was always fun. Again, like we had to copyright everything. Every design I came up with for our you know oddities and clowns and acrobats and had to be copywritten for the same purpose. Um, in terms of Joaquin, you know, because he kind of knew you know, what I was doing with his makeup and, you know, I tried to coordinate it to make the makeup in a style that he could do it himself easily too. You know, he, he would, there were scenes where, you know, he was never really fully doing his makeup. I would like set the makeup, for example, the first opening scene where he's sitting at the mirror and the tears come, tear comes running down. I did all the white makeup and I did the triangles on the top and the, he then just painted the blue triangles on the bottom and 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 started painting a little red on the mouth and that's when then the tears comes down so it was it was a collaboration so he never had to do his whole full makeup but you know he you know it was like I gave him the product I told him just put a little bit of water in it use the brush like that you know makes it easier that way I mean it all had to be really simple and easy and, you know, he's a very creative person. I mean, who am I to tell him how to do his makeup? He knows, you know. In, in fact, I think he wanted to do his own makeup at first um, because I think it would have been more realistic. But because of the nature of technicality, we couldn't do it. Thank God. Otherwise, I wouldn't get an Oscar nomination. Another listener, Jasper Chow, wanted to know, and you had touched on this a bit earlier. How many times did you put on his makeup, uh, Joaquin's makeup, before you got it to where it ended up? And were there test subjects? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of played a little bit with, with a couple of PAs. And Kay, who is the hair designer, her husband is a is an assistant director, not on our job. He came to visit and I said, you're going to sit down. I'm going to play a little bit with you. And he let me actually play and let me practice a little bit. And also because we had a lot of other clowns in that movie, too. We had, like, you know, the big clown that gets killed later. We see him in his whole clown face um, a couple of times. There were a bunch of there were like two or three other clowns also in the space where um, all the clowns are hanging out. They weren't really that featured, but you see them a couple of times. So there was a lot of playing around ahead of time with like coming up with all the different clown makeups and practicing and, you know, making sure, you know, we're getting the right design because the, the for example, the clown makeup we did on the big guy that gets killed, you know, the hobo clown, I got rejected twice from the studio that I couldn't do it that way. I wanted to because it looks too much like the hobo clown, you know, then I just added a little crisscross in the beard and I changed, I left the eyebrows out and like changed a couple of things around. But it, yeah, it was like the prep was very important to kind of like figure out the designs and the application process. How does that rejection in terms of a look work? Is it that, did you put it on the character and then you took a picture and they said, don't like it or change it or how does that work yeah so what i what i have to do is like i have to say okay our hobo clown this is i send them the picture of the makeup and i tell them i have to say like who that is inspired by and then they send it to the clearance department and that's a department that is responsible for clearing things like makeup sets like signs anything that has like a logo on it um, they have to clear it all. And a couple of times they rejected because they said, you know what, this looks too much like this clown and we can't use it. And you can't use that because that comes from that estate. And, you know, it's too similar. You have to change it. And it's, you know, I, I don't even know all these designs that are out there. It's hilarious, you know. So they have a whole department that specializes on clearing things. Well, then that's a good thing they have those people. 
Yes, thank God. And it's also good for the real clowns out there because, you know, it wouldn't be fair if somebody would steal their design and then market it and make money off it. So it's totally fair if you think about that, you know. That's happened for years. I know it does, but it's not right. <laughs> Still not right. Right. Yeah. So in in closing, because we have taken up a lot of your time and we are so appreciative of you, uh, do you have any advice for anyone who wants to become a makeup artist? Um, and, and and if you did, what would be what would be the golden just the golden egg that you would give to them? Well, if you really want to be a makeup artist, then I would say don't ever give up on your dream and do as much makeup on everybody you know all the time. Take lots of pictures of it, create a portfolio, go to film schools and ask film students if they need makeup people for their thesis films, you know, because a lot of times a lot of great people come from those film schools from like here in New York, we have NYU, like a lot of amazing directors came out of NYU. Go to museums, get inspired and paint, paint, paint and try to make connections. You know, throughout this whole conversation with you, there is this sense of tribe. So when you find your tribe, work with those people uh, and have mutual respect for each other, have each other's backs. And and it's beautiful. It is, it is so beautiful. And you are such a amazing individual and you just have the heart of an angel. Aww, and thank, thank you. you so much for, for spending your time with us two clowns. We are so appreciative. And, and Nikki, we can't thank you enough for what you've said and what you've done and what you continue to do. And you know what? I, I think we should just go ahead and give her the Oscar. And the winner is... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you, guys. It was so, so much fun. No, thank you. It was really our honor. And again, good luck with the Oscars. You definitely deserve it. Thank you so much. I feel like I'm already a winner with all this, like, accolades that I'm getting and receiving from people like yourselves. It's, you know, it can't get better than that. So it's cool. You deserve it. Thank you. Thank you.